Welcome to the ever-decreasing Nerej Boxing Podcast. Oh, what, we're doing this again, are we? <laughs> Round three. <laughs> Round three, indeed. Uh, yeah, peep behind the curtain, and we've been having some serious sound issues on the one night where we can't actually afford the time. So, yeah, we, we started on the first take, having an hour, we now have 50 minutes, so this is gradually getting a lot shorter. Right, so I do actually, I mean, everyone else, you may get be getting tired of telling this story. <laughs> But everyone else won't have heard Fuck it. about, yeah, I forgot yes. this. <laughs> so last night you were buying you so, were buying alcohol for a 16-year-old. Yeah, the abridged version. <laughs> my brother-in-law, who's 16, was uh, out with me at my mother-in-law's 60th birthday party, surprise do. Um, and we're at this place where they got these lovely beers, like a long row of taps. He was like, oh, I'll get, I said, I'll get you a beer. Um, and we decided we were going to go across the taps and he's 16 years old he doesn't really drink he's a big lad but I'm thinking I could wipe the floor with me anyway we were like by what time did I send you a voice message about 10 o'clock it was about that yeah we'd probably gone I think we were nine taps in at that point and I was wasted but I was thinking like I must be able to hammer this lad because he doesn't ever drink but no, he was still like, he was wasted, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, I figured I would be in a lot better state by that point. And then he was going, let's do shots, let's do shots. I'm like, mate, nah, nah, nah. Like, I've still got to see your mum at some point and she's going to give me a right bollocking. Because my, like, his older brother, my other brother-in-law, about the same age, we used to take him down, or uh, well, the first time he was on the piss, down the Nags Head. Um, right. And yeah, I got him battered and he threw up all over his mum's house she never forgiven me for that so to do it to the next like her youngest at that point was uh i couldn't resist the opportunity <laughs> but i'm not sure shots was a great idea I'm not, what were you what was your gauge of success there what was you hoping for for him to pass out on yeah, the, at yeah. the bar and no, you'd no, be like genuinely winner. like i wanted him hammered because because that's quite a feat even for someone who's a pretty lightweight to get someone passing out i mean they've got to go at probably at least eight deep ten deep before they're Surely, right? Yeah, and we got to about that stage, and he was still okay. I mean, he was <laughs> he was wasted like I was, but um, yeah, he was still better than I thought he'd be. So I was annoyed I if, at myself. If he ended up carrying you out of the bar, <laughs> winner. But for that reason, I haven't seen any boxers because I then had a, a football match this morning at half nine over in Northampton, like half hour drive away. Um, which was a fucking cup game that went to extra time penalties. So I've played 120 minutes this morning at half nine. Oh, sweet, I'm, that is what you want. I am knackered. Um, it's all good. But I didn't watch any boxing, so you've watched the boxing. Uh, the first time in podcast history, and listeners, if I'm incorrect, you'll be able to correct me, but um, I think it's the only time that I've actually ever watched boxing, and you haven't. Um, the first you time know, you've ever watched certainly boxing. Certainly since Terry left, yeah. <laughs> I think it was boxing. You know, they bring in antiques and they get told how much they might be worth. That's like with David Dickinson, yeah? By a country house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, so, what did you make then? Canelo Kovalev. My, my dog woke me up and I was like, 
um, for something. And I was I was just going to record it and watch it later, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get up and watch it, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's going to have to be short and sweet, this pod, so I'll just get straight into it. Uh, I cannot wait for the feedback. Yeah, I mean, I'm podcast get... of two people who haven't watched boxing. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely well, right. I mean, I, I didn't watch the Anthony Crawler testimonial game last night. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get slated for not watching it and doing a podcast. I'll get slated for not knowing what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. I mean, you feel, know what to expect by now. Feel, feel free to not listen. I mean, I hope you do. And what I would say is, um, thank you for downloading this podcast. Given that we don't put up many at the moment, so yeah, and thank you for your support. And what you get out of it is someone who hasn't watched boxing telling stories about getting minors drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, however, so. I watched. I watched the fight. Um, two rounds in, I, I was thinking, "What's Canelo bringing to this?" Because Kovalev was just bossing him, just like now damaging him. Or I will concede that a lot of a lot of Kovalev's um, bo- punches were coming off Canelo's gloves and stuff like that. But he was getting a couple through, you know, minor percentage getting through. But he was throwing a lot. Canelo didn't seem to be throwing. Well, anything for the first three or four rounds just seemed, didn't seem to throw much. Now, I don't actually know who the commentator was, Welsh guy, maybe Barry. No, not it was no. on Sky, Enzo Macronelli, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but one thing that did go through my mind when he, when he was talking about it as, uh, as well was you could probably score the first four or five rounds just based purely on what you liked to see in a ring. Canelo was controlling the space and the center of the ring and, and Kovalev was at the back just peppering punches away not making not sending a lot through but Kovalev was showing the aggression Kovalev was showing the attacking but Canelo was controlling the ring you know and and he had good defense so it depended on you know horses for courses sort of thing having said that um Canelo then started to come through I think the rounds were six and seven like I'm sure somebody will be out there yeah. Bear with me, all right? It was, I was tired. I wasn't keeping notes of it. But there was two rounds in the middle where Canelo actually started to put his foot down. You thought, oh, okay, he was just working Kovalev out and now he's going to start taking him apart. Then round eight came and he seemed to fall off again. And I was like, okay. And then Kovalev brought a round back. Now, I had it at that point. I think I actually gave Canelo round three, two or three. So I had it at five to three. Kovalev to Canelo uh, when when round nine came along, and for me Kovalev won the, the ninth round. And at this point, Kovalev was then controlling the center of the ring, and he was peppering Canelo as Canelo walked around the outside of the ring. <laughs> and then round ten, you just sort of they were both red faced, but no one was cut or really damaged. They weren't really hurting each other. Canelo came out, and you saw him sort of. He was going for big shots, swing, miss, swing, miss, you know. Um, and you just thought to yourself, maybe I didn't think that I was going to see Canelo losing, but it, I couldn't see any other way that was going to happen because it wasn't like there was a few big shots that Kovalev had masterfully moved out the way of or anything. Now, I'm sure if, you know, maybe you'd watched it or back in the day we'd had Terry watching it, then you guys might have been able to dissect exactly how Canelo was going about working out Kovalev and working out what he was going to do at certain times. If you could see that happening, then, you know, more power to you because that that, that would have been nice then 
in round 11, that sickening knockout. So Canelo fires... I've seen, the, I've seen the ending. Well, see, what I found interesting was Canelo fires a right-off, which then Kovalev swings to his right and then sort of stumbles a little bit and comes back up with his guard. Canelo throws a left, doesn't he? And then throws that final right. Yeah. And it just, to me, seems like the, a lot of the damage was done in the, the right and the left before that final... You know, yeah, because there was the little sequence where Canelo takes the two off of his gloves, doesn't he? Like, yeah. he, he just parries them away and then unleashes himself and then leaves Kovalev hanging off the rope, like yeah. washing. It was reminiscent of David Price against no, um, you know, when he when he get I can't remember who it was that he was fighting, but he ends up just standing there, Povetkin, Povetkin, and just gets one like yeah. the ref stand there going like that. Oh that's a weird that's a weird defence that Price's <laughs> Price's decided <laughs> to do. Better let up. this carry on. <laughs> yeah. And then once Povetkin's like shoulder is, you know, equal with uh, David Price uh, yeah, Price's um chin as he's following through, the ref's like ah, oh yeah, no, wait, I should probably step in here. Um but yeah, it was after that it was well then it was good night Vienna sort of thing. But uh I I tweeted at the time that Canelo saved himself with that with that punch. Um, Have you seen the scorecards? I heard the scorecards. I was cards. just looking them up then. I think Canelo was up, up two on of the two, scorecards, two scorecards equal on two, one, which is bizarre to me. Everyone I was, well, as I was tweeting, other people were tweeting. I mean, Rob Tebbett was tweeting, same as me. He was seeing it the same as ways because when I was watching it, I think to myself, I can't see how Canelo's scoring here. I just cannot see it. And then. When I saw Rob Tebbett's tweets, I thought, right, my eyes are not deceiving me here. Someone else has seen the same fight I'm seeing. Yeah, and he was there. He was in oh, Vegas was watching. Oh, okay. Um, and I just thought, it's just what I I accept that Kovalev wasn't. It wasn't clear cut. Wow, Kovalev's boss in this, but Kovalev was making an effort to win the rounds. Whereas, you know, retrospectively now, you almost look at Canelo thinking. It's almost like Canelo went, well, I'm not going to bother winning the round, so I'll get a knockout at some point. That's always... In the same way, Wilder can be miles behind on a scorecard. Yeah. But... At some point, you're going to, you're going to you know. Yeah. And um, I had a conversation with um, someone on Twitter, and uh, I said, I sort of said, I don't see, because they were saying how um, Kovalev's shot. Like, you know, that's, that's why he got... It must be shot if you've taken on Canelo and got banged out because Canelo has no right to be in the ring with a light heavyweight. And what I my response was, Kovalev has proved that he was at least, he's still a formidable fighter to go that distance with Canelo, who I, I find it difficult to put Canelo into a weight cat because he's a machine. He's just playing about, isn't he? He's just an animal, wants. yeah. And like the, their argument was, yeah, but he almost lost to Anthony Yard. Yeah, but he didn't lose to Anthony Yard, and he still managed to get through it. He's clearly coming on the down. He's he's clearly on the way down. And to echo something I read online as well, they've Team Canelo have chosen the perfect time to take on Kovalev. Absolutely. So there you go. But you can't write off Kovalev as being absolutely shot because he proved that he wasn't. But if you look, the argument about the stoppage. I'm just because he's kind of renowned for not stopping any of the the top middleweight. Same way Golovkin doesn't. So like Danny Jacobs, Golovkin twice, he's not stopped them. So by rights, he shouldn't be stopping Kovalev. There's no reason. You know, the only stoppages he's got on his record of late are Rocky Fielding, that stag do fight that happened. We've got Amir Khan, Liam Smith. Like yeah. none of them. 
as middleweight are in an elite division. And Liam Smith, I think he he did fight at one five four, the the light middleweight still. But, you know, he stopped all of them. But then, conversely, he didn't stop Chavez Jr., Golovkin, Jacobs. Why? See, the thing is, what I would say to that is that... And Golovkin again. Kovalev, when Kovalev fought Yard, he had that wobbly period, didn't he? Where you thought... Yeah, the Yard, eighth round. Empty, you, the, empty the tank! Lions yeah. in the camp! And, and if Yard had put... You felt like if Yard had put his foot down... Maybe, or had a decent trainer. <laughs> that he could have finished Kovalev with a decent trainer if you like Canelo has got punch power and a decent trainer what and a decent trainer <laughs> one that doesn't just stand there shouting empty the tank land um, in the camp if what I'm saying is Kovalev was, has shown in at least his last fight that he has maybe a wobble he's somewhere, susceptible yeah somewhere in the but middle he's shown that for a while now he showed it in the um, uh, the Alvarez fight the other Alvarez you know the Ward fight He's got a bit of a quit in him. You so know, that, he's somewhere in the middle. He needs to rely on the fact that his opponent's not going to take him apart, potentially. Yeah, he needs to rely on the fact that he's not going to be taken to the deep water. Yeah. And Canelo is clearly... If, I imagine there's not many fighters out there. If they stood... If Canelo could have a pop at them, just standing there, like, bang, have a free shot, that they're going to be able to take it. You know, maybe the biggest heavyweight. Because Canelo can... Can bang even though he's, he's even a smaller guy. He's talking of moving to cruiserweight. I'd love to see <laughs> Usyk comes down back to cruiserweight as well. It's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. I say a Liam Smith fight was the last one at light middleweight. That's only a few years ago, and now he's talking of going up. Like, did he actually off. say that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But he's just he's doing what he wants, isn't he? Fair play to him, but. I do think that shows that Anthony Yard should have beaten Kovalev. Should have beaten yeah. Kovalev. If he's as good as people want to make out that he is, he should have beaten he's Kovalev. Not, is he? He's not. I though. think we maybe have to accept that. Because Kovalev is there for the the defeat. Yeah. Um, for Canelo to stop him, I think that shocked a lot of people that Canelo could stop him. Given who Canelo couldn't stop. Yeah. Um, that says to me, Yard should have... So, all right, to, to, to correct me then if I'm wrong, would you say that Kovalev is shot? No, no, I don't think he's shot at all. I don't think he's one of the top light heavyweights now. When you look at, you know, you have Baturbiev, Kvodcic, um, these fighters are a level above where Kovalev is now. I think he's severely on the decline. I think I don't I think shot is a harsh word to to use to describe him. He's severely on the decline. The timing was correct for yeah. uh, Canelo to get in with him, but I think it shows. Because see, if I was going to think of a shot fighter, looking back now, Bellew fighting Hay, Hay was shot. Hundred percent. Hay was hundred percent. Darren Barker when he went over to Germany and delivered his belts to Felix Sturm, I think it was gone. Like he says it himself, he shouldn't have even been fighting. His hip was fucked. Shouldn't have been fighting, but he took the money. Um, hey, took the money twice. Like, I don't think Kovalev's there to take the money. Grant, I haven't seen it, so I can't talk with any education about it. But just the result, just the outcome alone, I don't need to know any more than that than to say Anthony Yard should have beaten Kovalev on that premise. Should have been able to stop him on that premise. That a middleweight could do it. A middleweight who can't stop other middleweights. Um. Okay, so at this point, 
do we is that is do we think the Kovalev needs to turn it in? I mean, d- does it matter if he can nah, continues? I think he can still be a gatekeeper. Exactly. He? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to see him getting like smashed around the place. And if a middleweight is smashing him around the place, then you have to worry a little bit. Was, but he's an elite level middleweight. Let's he be was clear. proper, proper gone as well. Oh, yeah. yeah that there. stoppage was decent. Yeah. Decent. I mean, um, probably a good 40 seconds had gone. He was still on his knees. Yeah. Well, I say he looked like a pair of trousers being hung up <laughs> <laughs> just to be dried off somewhere. Is, yeah. um, so, no, like. There are light heavyweights out there, such as Baturbiev, that I don't want to see Canelo, uh, sorry, Kovalev fighting because it's not good for his health. There are light heavyweights out there that would be fine for him to fight. So I don't think he needs to hang it up. Um, but again, I'm saying this from an uneducated perspective, having not seen it. Um, Touch on the Anthony Crawler uh, memorial show last night. Is uh, What the fuck is Sky doing showing this? Like, I didn't even care to keep up with the results from the show. It's absolute atrocious bullshit. So, so I, I need you to... Uh, can so, we... Can we uh, I'll come back to the questions later, actually. So can you give me some context for what you're... I mean, I know the, the card you're on about, but why are you so angry? Because this was the equivalent of um, a testimonial game. This was like, you know, somebody who's done 10 years at a club gets a run out... And then Sky pick that testimonial game up and put it on as part of their paid-for football coverage. Like, that doesn't happen. And that's basically, by all accounts, what last night was meant to be, was Anthony Crawler's farewell fight. That's how it was marketed, is Anthony Crawler is retiring. Thanks for all the memories. Have a fight. So who did he fight? I can't remember the guy's name. I'm not going to bother looking it up. I don't care. <laughs> We're getting slaughtered for that. Don't care. <laughs> Slaughter me. Why the fuck would I care about an Anthony Crawler so, testimonial? So is this one of those things where it's like, let's put some guy up that he can knock out and look really good. And then he didn't knock him out. And then the scorecards <laughs> were apparently like pretty dubious. But he won. Um, but like, Anthony he- Crawler... I, <laughs> Anthony Crawler is a fantastic story of when you look at where he's come from um, when you look at he's come through. the adversity he's come through, what he's achieved on the back of the adversity, Anthony Crawler's story is fantastic. As a man, I've never heard a bad word said about him. Like, clarify all of that. Everything about him. Excellent nickname. Million Dollar Crawler, best in the game. All of that, I'm delighted for him. It doesn't mean that Sky should be putting on such a piss poor show because he's retiring. So you had... I don't even think he was technically headlined. It was Katie no, Taylor, was Taylor versus yeah. some woman. I've no idea. And then you had, on the undercard, Jack Cullen versus Felix Cash is a good fight. And Felix Cash won that. Um, that's a good fight. No issue with that. But that's like that was a Commonwealth title fight. That was the, the closest match fight. You had fucking Martin Bacoli against someone... It's such a poor card, and that's going out as part of your paid-for Sky subscription. That's my issue with it, is that you can't base a card around someone's retirement and farewell to the sport. You can't. Like That doesn't work. I don't get it. Now, I was down the O2 last weekend for the World Boxing Super Series, so shout-out to everyone who was there. It was an incredible night. Met up in the pub beforehand. Shout-out to Craig Scott, who'd organised that um, in a pub, like 15 people... Just, you turn up, it was lovely. You turn up, load of people that 
some you know, some you don't know, some you're kind of familiar with, some people that you know their Twitter handle when they say, oh, I'm Sowerland's face or whatever. You're like, all right, cool, lovely to meet you. You sit and we just chatted boxing for like a couple of hours in the pub and then went off to the O2 and watched the the final of the World Boxing Super Series. That card, like that Taylor Progray fight was incredible. Incredible, like such an amazing fight. I sat with Riku all the way through it. Um, brilliant, just a great night. That was phenomenal. And then you had like Burn Selby on the undercard. Yeah, whatever, man. They they were fine. Um, Pricey getting knocked out again, um, <laughs> as Pricey does. Um, has talk- a special move. <laughs> <laughs> talks like six weeks ago about saying oh you know I'm gonna I've got this momentum now my career's rebuilding I'm only taking the right fights at the right time I'm doing this properly now oh what's that you need an opponent for Chisora in three weeks time dear me because fucking Joseph Parker got bitten by a spider like, that's the reason Parker pulled mm. out of the Chisora fight is because he's gonna come back with web slinging like <laughs> spunky hand webs that kind of stuff that's gonna be his new finishing move um so yeah, Price ends up in that fight and gets chinned. But um, just, yeah, that was a, a great night of boxing. Last <sighs> night was an atrocious night of boxing in Manchester, purely based around the retirement of Anthony Crawler. And I actually think that does more damage to his legacy than good. Um, right, I'm going to get into some questions. Uh, Niall Collins, is that the end of Kovalev? We kind of covered that, didn't we? It's the end of him at the top level, I think. But, yeah, he'd probably end up, somehow ended up with Hearn and getting another world title shot down the road somewhere. Uh, Jamie Ingleby. When they've got Boatsy to feed. Jamie Ingleby. Canelo, great fighter regardless of the dodgy beef and continuous home advantage. How about his next, how about his next on the road Usyk style, Smith Baterbiev uh, or Bivol? He doesn't start as favourite against any of them, in my opinion. No, I agree. I, I wouldn't have him as favourite against any of them. I think the timing was 100% accurate for getting your hands on Kovalev. And I'm sure they'd have seen that eighth round against Yard and said, you can do better than that. I'm sure they will have. If he wouldn't... If he wouldn't start as favourite against a lot of light heavyweights, what on earth would he move up to Cruiserweight? I don't like... I don't know, but it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, don't do it, because it's <laughs> it's almost a novelty act of like, yeah. let's just see, and let him roid up. I don't give a fuck about that. Let him roid, if he's going to go up and take these risks, if he goes to cruiserweight, he should have a lower level drug intake that he's got to meet. And if he's not PED'd up to a certain amount, he's not allowed in the ring. <laughs> That's my rule. Have you seen the original... Um of the original Incredible Hulk movie. No. They come out of this um, this vial of this stuff that is supposed to make you the equivalent of Incredible Hulk. And this bloke just goes, right, they're supposed to have little injections, but he goes, sod this, and just drinks this whole pint. And then he's this great big massive monster with muscles on top of muscles. And that's all I can see in my head with Canelo's head on top of yeah, his body. But, you know, <laughs> this like absolute abomination of this man. Do I believe what would have happened last night would happen without some assistance? No, not at all. Yeah. But look, as boxing fans, we 
look, we're kind of accepting this as what it is. Eric Molina's coming back from his, his UCAD drug ban. Like, he is fighting on the undercard of Joshua Ruiz. His ban by UCAD, now granted that UCAD ban probably holds no sway because it's over in Saudi Arabia, but he's fighting like a week after that UCAD ban expires. Really? <laughs> is that where we're at? Is we're just going to like, just accept these things? We're just accepting that no one gives a fuck about if they've cheated or not in the past. We're just going to... You know, he's clean at that point in time. At that point in time, there will be a stamp that says you're no longer under a drugs ban anywhere in the world. Therefore, come and have a go on the undercard of the biggest fight of the year out in Saudi Arabia. Get paid handsomely for it. The sport is fucking dreadful for that. Dreadful. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Because uh, unfortunately, everyone, including the drug authorities, considering that they get a lot of their... They'll get their budgets, like uh, WADA... 50% 50% of their budget comes from the IOC. So why on earth would they be incentivized yeah. Yeah, yeah. to then like make everyone Don't test bite positive? bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> exactly. But you look at that fat cunt Jarrell Miller. Like he's serving, I don't know, maybe he's going to serve at most like 12 months ban. And now he's in talks with top rank of signing a big contract to go and fight with them. It's disgusting. It's mm. disgusting, but nothing gets done about it. So on that basis, I'm all in on just take Canelo and let him do what the hell he wants. Uh, David Peach asks, is it a sign of the times that boxing waited for the UFC to finish when Canelo is arguably one of boxing's biggest draws? Is it time for boxing to, to is it time that boxing took notes and changed the formula? So do you know what this is about? Uh, I Well, when I turned on the boxing, I heard something mentioned about UFC, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, so they, so no. they delayed the Canelo uh, Kovalev fight which was Vegas, right. um, because Nate Diaz versus Masvidal in the UFC. UFC was running later. Behind. Oh, okay. And so to avoid the audience clash, they delayed the start of Canelo Kovalev, which, that's pretty mad. Like, you would kind of assume, especially because they're on very, very, very different platforms. You know, the the UFC one would have been on whichever TV network carried it in America, whereas the Canelo Kovalev fight was on DAZN. So it's on a, an OTT service. People could have watched it on their laptop, phone, mobile, whatever. Clearly, I don't think confident enough that, you know, if you're trying to build the subscriptions, then you you kind of have to wait you, you don't want that clash yeah. um, whereas they're not confident enough to say people will definitely tune into this over Diaz versus Masvidal yeah it seems it's really it, feel, it feels impossible that boxing can retroactively put itself in the same position as UFC doesn't it yeah um, yeah but I think on the other hand, like credit to them to an extent, because over here, think about the times that Warren and Hearn clashed. It was last December with Warrington versus Frampton, was it? Um, clashing oh, think, with yeah. Chisora White. Yeah. Everybody kicked off about it. Everybody kicked off and the questions about will you delay one of the main events so that they don't clash. Like At least they took an affirmative action to delay Canelo Kovalev so that fans didn't have to choose one or the other. So as much as it's probably not ideal and it makes you look a little bit weaker in terms of you're the one that's had to to take that step back and move it, actually, like, as fans, you ought to be grateful about it 
because there's a fair chance you do want to watch both. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, it makes sense in a route. But then the bigger question, I guess, is if, you know, that wouldn't have happened five years ago, 10 years ago, definitely wouldn't have happened. Like, the UFC's had its meteoric rise. Yeah. Do we think that a Canelo 20 years ago, how old is Canelo, 29? So, uh, say, I don't know, yes, I suppose it would have been about 20 years ago. Would, if he, if we've got a Canelo now, would he start boxing or would he start training for UFC? Are the kids today being more lured into something like UFC or does boxing remain strong, do you think? No, boxing doesn't remain strong. But I don't think it's um, UFC. It's it's more that there are other avenues that kids who would have ended up in a boxing gym can take, which will get them there quicker with more rewards, more financial benefits at the end of it. American football, basketball, those kind of things that take kids away from from boxing. And I think it's it's almost known that boxing suffers through a lack of, not a lack of numbers, but smaller numbers than historically, um, which I think is down to, I'm sure there is a percentage of that that end up in UFC, but there would also be a percentage of that where the, the best athletes are ending up in American football, basketball, all these things that, you know, where you've got somebody who's a athletically built, strong um, you know, good stamina, decent height, good size about them. They get filtered off into other um, choices of sports. Um, Crawler, win, lose, or draw. Uh, when will these scoring discrepancies end? Yeah, well, as I say, I haven't seen it, so I can't. Brian N. asked that question. I can't comment on it. What I will comment on is the Josh Taylor Progray fight last weekend, where one of the scorecards was so far away from normality. I think, you know, we were sat with a a group of people I didn't know any of them, um, other than Riku. But, you know, you, we'd got our tickets together and then there were just folk around that you're talking to. And I think within reason, most of us had, had scored the fight fairly similarly to what the first two scorecards ended up on the night. And the third scorecard was just, like, filled in... Uh, madly madly um <laughs> you know it, it's hard to justify how that scorecard came about if somebody was trying to ask you you know how you know if you looked at it impartially and said how does that fight end with two judges scoring it the same and one judge what, scoring it could you, can you remember what difference it was was uh, it no i can't remember what they were specifically um put it on pause and i'll find that okay the magic of podcasting uh So it's 115-113, which I know you can always make the argument of like close rounds could go one way or the other. There were just, when rounds were won, they were won relatively significantly and by one fighter. So to have 117-112 when the other two were so close is really hard to justify in that scenario. So I haven't seen the crawler one, so it's difficult to say. But um, fair play to Progray because he never bitched about it, never whinged about it last weekend at all. He was, you know, he said the better man won on the night, and he was incredible, man. Like a, a big fan of that bloke, and he came down in that full face mask thing. You know the one I'm on about? No, I didn't. Know. Ah, man, find it, find it. The uh, the Progray. Uh, 
find another question in the meantime. I'll find uh, it. Lead Wright asks, uh, why are Sky so intent on pushing female boxing? And I would add to this, like considering there's there's not it's not like That's we have any rock star female boxers that people just can't get enough of. You know, it would make sense if there was some headline acts that people were like wow you know if only we had more of her but it's just like we we get <laughs> that is a strange headdress he goes by the name of Rougarou and like uh, Lou DeBellos is promoter he talks about like the Rougarou is like I'm meant to know what a Rougarou is someone fill me in I've no idea what a Rougarou is it's interesting Ah, he looks amazing when he came out and started shadow boxing up on the, the stage at the O2 in that bad boy Incredible. <laughs> that is Incredible. Cool. Uh yeah, so why are Sky so intent on pushing female boxing? Shitting it. Let's be honest. <laughs> nah. So when we were down last weekend, um, and Riku will know this because he was with me at the time. Um So we got there to watch John O'Donnell fight at Basu. Um and then we kind of we knew what the lineup was, the fight card was. So we were kind of planning when should we go and grab a drink or whatever, go and meet others at the bar. Um, and the Shannon Courtney fight comes on. <laughs> well, fuck it, that seems like as good a reason as any um, to go and grab a drink because she's fighting some woman that no one cares about, and it's a full round or whatever. So yeah, we go out and we walk up the stairs at the O2 to go and leave the arena bit and go out to the bar. Um, and as we're walking out, we open the door up for a couple coming in. And the woman walks in through the door first, looks out onto the, the arena, uh, the rings down there. She looked, she went, oh, it's women's boxing. Like, so disappointed about it. And I thought, there's your problem. Like, in a nutshell, there's your problem with women's boxing is that you can't inspire women to watch women's boxing. Like, that woman was annoyed about the fact she had to sit through a woman's fight. And until you start getting people tearing up the women's divisions, no one fucking cares. Okay, so what about Katie Taylor? She beats everyone. But does she? She fought at Pursoon and over in America, not last night, in her previous fight. Um, and she got a, a robbery decision in that. Like, she shouldn't have won, but she did. Katie Taylor, I'm just having a look through her record now, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Her last nine fights, she's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven points wins in world title fights. Look, there's no reason for me to be excited about that. Yes, she can box at a high level, but the amount of times Hearn will tell us she's a superstar, she's the best woman's fighter in the world, she's this, she's that, this is the other... She's not very interesting to watch. And you don't have that... You watch boxing because you want that element of peril. You want that element of knowing that Kovalev could end up being hung over those fucking ropes. You want to see David Price get starched by a drugged-up Povetkin. You want to see all these things. Yeah. Like, and you don't want anyone to get hurt out of it at the end. You don't want, like, long-term injury you don't want death you don't want any of that but we all deep down watch boxing because we want that element of risk we want that element of any moment a punch could be unleashed from hell and leave that person knocked out on the canvas and mm. then someone comes in with the oxygen and everything's okay five minutes later that's what you watch it like for boxing boxing more so than most sports 
thrives on that specifically, like that. And- it, it's not need lens. It's not only that that you're watching it for. You're watching no. it for the skill set, the bravery, the all these things. But you know there's the possibility of that happening. I don't know there's a possibility of that happening when Katie Taylor's in the ring. Well, this is the thing. Like, you, you don't get. There's not lots. It's let's put it this way. It's towards the heavier side of men's boxing that you see those starch. I realise it happens throughout the weight divisions, but generally you get more with the bigger guys, right? Yeah. There's that threat. There are the odd smaller ones that come through and and break the mould. Yeah. It's almost like, what, you know, what percentage of fights end in knockout stoppages, like we talked about in comparison to, you know, uh, points decisions. And I imagine... If you look at that, it's a percentage, whatever it is, that percentage is there. Definitely a percentage. Yeah, it's definitely a percentage of it. That's that's inarguable. So you sort of, women's boxing, then as a general rule, women are about, what, we've listened to that sports podcast, 10 to 15% weaker than men generally. That's, you know, obviously made up by peds, which men are doing anyway. So generally you're looking at 10%, let's say 10%. So if you... Not only, not only have you got a smaller, a percentage, whatever it ends up being, I say 30% of, top of my head, let's just say that, of fights ending some sort of stoppage. Now, try and do that with a ten, being 10% weaker. And with only two thirds at a time, because they're two minute rounds, not three. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to, like, not only are they hamstringing themselves like that. But, but they're not, the governing bodies are. Right, okay, but women's boxing as a whole, let's say. Uh, stopping that you, you don't see so you, you're 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 not seeing that you're not even giving that element of peril um the uh, the best likelihood i no i agree it's it, like rugby football but all those they they thrive on intensity which women don't be able to, can't bring as much as men can when you're watching the rugby the the standout moments are the ooh yeah. tackles yeah. or when a player breaks a line and is able to like sprint from forty five yards out through and and you know get a try. When you're watching football, the amount of times you know when the balls play back to the edge of the box and the crowd are going shoot shoot and, and someone bangs that twenty five yarder in top corner. Those are, on top of everything else, those are the standout moments that make you love the sport. The power and electricity that just, ex- those explosions. Yeah. Now, of- if that doesn't happen, if those moments don't happen, then why do people fucking care about it? Simple answer is they don't. There will be a percentage of people that do. It ain't big enough to carry the sport forward. Hearn was talking about turning Katie Taylor next year into a pay-per-view star. Not a hope in <laughs> well, hell. Well, he could try. He could try, and he probably will try. <laughs> he probably will three try. Three people pay, and he'll be like, success. Yeah, and he'll be going, brilliant. Dave Taylor, Barry Taylor, Bob Taylor. They all paid for it. <laughs> but this time last year, no one was paying for female boxing. This time, three people have. So that's an infinite level of improvement. And if we get six next year, that is 100% year-on-year growth. <laughs> Tell me another sport where that happens. Um, why is... Uh, Mike T asks, why is nobody pulling Matchroom up on the AJ fight where, do, uh, where we do not get a visa with a fight ticket, like Herm promised? Um, why is there no uproar on where we complain or where we can complain to? Trading standards, BBBFC? <laughs> or is this problem... Um, or is this 
a problem as we can't do anything and Matchroom can do can lie uh, in a hurry for us to buy tickets. I don't think Mike's very happy about this. No, it doesn't sound like he's thrilled. And he's right. It's 100% right. I put out a tweet the other day where um, Hearn, when the fight was announced, gave it the, the proper salesman shit. That's the one I read. And he was like, ah, buy the ticket, get your visa in the post. <laughs> yeah, or you can get on a plane. As soon as you book your plane ticket, you get a visa. And then when it comes out that that isn't quite the case, he's there on another interview going, well, it's not quite as easy as they're just going to give... You can't just rock up and say, I'm Eddie Earn's mate, and they'll give you a V. That, that's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> Wait up, Ed. <laughs> Hold up. Why did you say it would, Ed? Well, you know, I don't take it, it seriously, do I? Yeah, I mean, certain people have a sympathy with him about this, but I don't at all. Like, he fucking gave us that message, and he may have given us that message based on what he was told at the time by the Saudi Arabian embassy or prime minister or whoever that fucking bald-headed breaking bad looking baddie was that sat with him at that initial press conference he i'm probably gonna die now i um just don't go to the saudi embassy to pick up your passport no i'll be found in an amazon come pick pick up up your locker you can come and pick up your visa but i don't need a visa come and pick up your visa yeah bloke stand there with a bone saw mrs theobald your husband is in locker four five (laughs) six and seven (laughs) Um, and they're all the size of cornflake boxes (laughs) (laughs) oh dear (laughs) grated Um, yeah so he might have been told that and then he had to give that message on and then as soon as it's a problem as Mike's highlighted here that you don't get that visa then he suddenly plays the card of it's above my pay grade how am I meant to know he also doesn't help himself the way he comes out if somebody says to you uh, well when people buy a ticket the way we understand it is like say someone from the Saudi embassy says buy a ticket we'll get you a visa you don't you don't have to go and say it'll be as simple as that buy a ticket but you could say look the way we understand it is fans will buy a ticket and then you know they'll get a visa that's what I've been told you don't have to turn the volume up on it exactly and then when it when it does blow up in your face you can go well you know at the time I was told that in good faith you know no necessarily passing the buck but you don't have to exactly like you said turn it up to 11 and be like yeah fucking visa (laughs) I take toenails as visas over in Saudi you'll be fine take your toenail It's just, it, yeah, it, the way he comes across. And then afterwards, known as he, he turns it up to 11 again and goes, well, don't be some sort of mug who thinks that I'm saying, you know, talking about visas. How am I supposed to know? It's like he's trying to out-bullshit himself from the first <laughs> yeah, time. It's like, it's a, like it's an internal competition within Eddie's head. of like, How far can I take this? Maybe, maybe he's got a twin brother and they just try and screw each other over. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you tell everyone they get a visa? <laughs> Don't know, but it's your problem to dig our way out of. <laughs> get in the cupboard. Do you remember when we were young? People won't have a clue what I'm on about here, but we used to write oh, stories yeah. to one another in science classes. <laughs> we used to pass Instead a bit of, of paper. Science. <laughs> where one of us had to kill off the character in the most ridiculous way possible, and then the other one who you pass a bit of paper to had to Save come up them. with the most bullshit way of saving them. That's basically what Hearn's doing find over and over again. You had to Ruth. find a loophole, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, and that's basically what's going on here every time. And yeah, nobody is bringing it up. And where do you... Because basically, I think that visa isn't life-changing money. It's like 150 quid, maybe. Which, if you're planning a trip to Saudi Arabia, plus buying the tickets, plus the hotel, all that stuff, the extra 150 quid, I mean, that's probably going to be 15% of your total cost, if that. If that. Um, 
so it's not the end of the world, but on the other hand, you've been missold something. You've been mis like somebody brazenly lied about it. <laughs> Whether they knew they were lying about it or not is in question. But someone has told you a mistruth about it, and as such, I would anticipate you should be able to get your money back. But I'd also anticipate you won't be able to get your money back. <laughs> um, I uh, thoughts on two women's fights on the same show on an already shit card, Mary Brixton. <laughs> Rob Martin hates women's boxing. It's fucking hilarious. Although I'd imagine, and I love Rob to bits, but if a woman boxer ever comes out of Brixton, he's going to be all on board with it. It's going to be <laughs> such a, a split dynamic within himself. Um, but yeah, now you had Terry Harper fighting for some IBO something or other paper shitty belt last night. Um, yeah, I'm not on board with it. I'm not on, like, that's, that card is so bad. And it was meant to have Joshua Boazzi on it, uh, and it didn't. So I have a sympathy there. However, you had enough time to sort it out. You put Martin Bacoli in the bum that no one cares about. All this stuff. Like, it's a frustration. Every boxing fan has a right to be frustrated. If that's And people go, oh, you don't have to watch it. No, you're right. I don't. And I don't watch it in that scenario. But the fact is that you're paying Sky your money. Now, they ought to be using that to better effect to put something decent on. And then you'd have a legitimate choice of whether you wanted to watch it or not. If you're choosing to watch that last night, then you've got very little better to do. Like, I have sympathy. If that was the number one priority, setting time aside to watch that. If you're in on a Saturday night and there's nothing else on, cool, completely get that. We've all done it. If you were setting time aside, call the Samaritans. Uh, Spiridione. Spiridione. Um, uh, Is he our Northern Irish representative? I can't remember. Possibly. Uh, I I do have them written down somewhere. He is one of. Um, Gentlemen, as someone who set their alarm clock for 3.30am for UFC fights for the first time in my life, um, that was... That was so amazing. Every fucking fight was toe-to-toe and everything a fan could wish for. A bit like with, the Crawler show. With that BS at the zone, how many people will choose MMA over boxing? It's a good point, I suppose. Like, I'm not maybe necessarily for exactly that reason, but as M- I was sort of referring to earlier... MMA has done a really good job of creating engaging characters because I don't follow MMA whatsoever and I think Conor McGregor is probably the initial bait that drew a lot of people towards it Um, and from that you knew of Nate Diaz and you knew of um, you know various others that you pick up along the way I couldn't tell you them but I'd hear their names and go yeah I've heard of him yeah Uh, but that Jorge Masvidal is a crazy bastard crazy bastard but I only know that really because of I'd imagine I probably only know it because I've seen bits based off of when I've seen Conor McGregor. Um, And the more and more that they do that and start to build off of, you know, use that Conor bit as the the centrepiece and then build around it, they're going to attract fans. And if boxing doesn't do a good enough job, you know, you look at what gets streamed out to America from our side of boxing, I think, oh, you poor bastards. They've got like, I think ESPN Plus show the MTK shows from over here, which, look, don't get me wrong, the, the MTK shows, they're putting on some brilliant shows locally and domestically, but to stream that overseas is not going to be drawing in new American fans. But MTK are doing some brilliant shows around these golden contract ones and the other shows, so fair play to them. But that's not growing the sport, it's not growing interest from America in what we're putting on. 
There's no headline names on it as such. See, I feel like boxing's horse has already bolted in the sense of... Joshua lost. That was a big problem. <laughs> when you look at something like, say, WWE, which clearly I recognise isn't real, but in Tyson the sense Fury that, turned up there. <clears throat> you've got... What, the, ring walk? WWE, you've got UFC. They are the attractions, and the people on it are within amongst their sort of ring. But with boxing, you've already got people have interests because it's so split with WBC, WBA, IBF, etc. What boxers really need to do is all come in under one umbrella. But they're too they're they're um, their agendas are already too split and too self focused. Yeah, too many networks, too many promoters, too many um, sanctioning belts. There's too many pigs in the trough that have got a vested interest in keeping themselves separate. They're yeah. under one body. Almost like UFC feels like it's like almost like a, a unionized version of all of the martial arts sports. The fact we could, you know, as a as a Brazilian street fighter, I could never compete on my own. But they've they've banded together and gone, right, we're gonna come under one body. The only way that's ever gonna change is if um, isn't it? Is it Bellator? Is the uh, is another yeah. version of UFC? Yeah. So if something like that, and they started splitting off, then you've got like. But Bellator's been there for. What's interesting is that the amount of people that don't know it's mixed martial arts, they just think the sport is called UFC. Yeah, that's true. You know, because it, it's, it's bigger than it's bigger than the sport. Yeah. UFC is the sport to many people, and then you've got you know like Cage Warriors over here and Bellator do shows over here, but. To many, it is just that UFC is the sport and everything else falls under that umbrella. And you, in order for boxing to get that, I feel like... It's impossible. It's not, you can't now. It's impossible. Yeah, the genie's out the bottle, so to speak. It's, yeah. it's, it's trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so I, I feel like boxing will... I hope it doesn't, but I feel like boxing will tear itself apart because there is not one unified place for boxers to to v- like invest in. No. Um, no, I agree. And it'd take more than a make-believe billion-dollar TV deal to sort that out. Yeah. I need um, to get going in a minute. You do. So there's not actually any more questions. So. Cool. One last thing. Uh, that Nigel Ben card, the whole thing has fallen apart. Like they were going to save oh, it and put on uh, Tommy Jacobs versus someone else. And that's now not happening because they couldn't sell enough tickets. Fucking brilliant. Like, And I feel for all the lads on the undercard of that, that they've kind of ended up in the the fi- you know the crossfire of it all um you know they've got friends that will have booked hotels and will have booked travel to the event that now there is no event but look when you've got Bieber sanctioning this event and allowing this event to happen and then Nigel Ben pulls off and then you've got the vice chief exec or whatever he is Gianluca Di Caro um coming out saying we're talking to other promoters about trying to put this show on we're talking to sponsors like why why are you doing that that's like Robert Smith at the board like say a Joshua fight's going to happen and there's an undercard and then Joshua gets injured you wouldn't get Robert Smith trying to find someone to put that show on a show should happen because of a promoter not in spite of a promoter (laughs) it should be a promoter driving these things not somebody at the sanctioning body driving these it's absolute lunacy and I hope 
whoever has sanctioned, whoever's allowed it, whoever's put all of this on, I hope they lose a fuck ton of money out of it. I hope they get screwed over out of it. I feel for all of the lads who were meant to be fighting on it because it was their big moment. I feel for the people that have bought, um, you know, tickets and um, travel and hotels and all that stuff. But I hope whoever was putting it on is bollocksed out of it. It does my head in. Shit. Okay. We even got a mini rant out of you as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that brings our pod, our mini pod, which is effectively, it's actually longer than any of the original pods that we used to do. But um, seeing as we're normally tracking around an hour and a half-ish, we're just coming up to 50 minutes. So it's about what we said. Yeah. Um, that is pretty much, did you like, oh, uh, just one quick one. Fury, WWE, was it good or bad? Good. Good on him. I, like, what? you can't detest on a man going out and doing something slightly safer than what his actual profession is and earning a load of money out of it. Cool. I said it before, though. How many people um, used Joshua and Hearn going out to Saudi Arabia and went, oh, that's fucking terrible. All their human rights records. Oh, no, that's terrible that people would do that. And I raised the point before. The Sowlands have taken boxing over to Saudi Arabia. Amir Khan went and did boxing over in Saudi Arabia. Nobody's got on Fury's back that I've seen saying about, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. That's disgraceful. You're taking it over to Saudi Arabia. I haven't seen it from anybody. And I'm not the biggest Hearn and or Joshua fan, but they took that. They were the lightning rod to take people's abuse for doing that. I do feel like it has flipped 180 though. You know, two, three years ago, Fury, Fury couldn't do anything right. Yeah. And Joshua was the the nation's you know love child when it came to when it came to boxing, so it seems to be it's feast and famine or feast or famine, isn't it really? With like good yeah. press or bad press, like at the moment, you're right. It doesn't seem like Hearn can do anything right <laughs> without getting a load of criticism. Yeah, and I said um, at the time, I thought that was unfair, given that the others who have done the same thing didn't get that same criticism and abuse yeah. for it. You know, I'm willing to hold Hearn to rights about stuff like last night's card being a load of wang. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't comfortable at that time because that same energy hasn't been put into Tyson Fury going out yeah, there and you earning ne- money It out needs to be fair. It needs to be fair criticism. Otherwise, the criticism isn't worth it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, okay. Roll. Well, uh, enjoy your fireworks tonight. I will. Have you got any of the... I'm not ones. doing it. It's up, uh, up the centre. Oh, you're going to watch that one? Yeah, yeah. People park all over the place just yeah. to go and see it. Yeah, I'll probably go and get out of the centre and go somewhere else. I went to watch one last night. It was pissing with rain. That was fun. Brilliant. Um, um, hopefully it's not tonight. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, are we going to we gonna be able to do it next weekend? Possibly. I'm not sure if uh, Miss is around. Right. Um, I think last time we did one, we ended it saying, well, we'll be more consistent now. Andy won't tell you this, but Andy had a family bereavement, which meant that basically we were fucked for like two weeks while Andy supported his family and stuff like that. So get on our backs about it. That's fine. But understand there are sometimes bigger reasons than we just can't be bothered doing one. Right. We'll try and see you next week. Uh, thank you again. Thank you for sticking with us. We, we appreciate the support. Love you. Um, <clears throat> like, like Martin sort of mentioned, we got, we've had certain obstacles, but we'll, uh, we, we do love doing it and we will get back on to a more consistent path because we've got some big fights coming up which we want to yeah. get on Yeah, on and honestly, of. like sitting doing this is probably the quickest hour of my week. Like, I love doing this, yeah, sitting and too. actually cracking on with it. But uh, yeah, but we'll try and be more consistent. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Ta-ra. See you later, bye. <laughs>